Thank you for listening to the Life Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. For more information about Life Church, visit our website, lifechurchww.com. All right, y'all ready for God's word today? I'm excited to share in God's word on the series I'm in. It's finding where you belong so you can thrive in life. And the reason that this is important is because wherever you belong, it determines what you become. So we've been talking on this, these subjects so far. I'm invited. Talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I'm invested. Beth Toon tore it up last week. Come on, somebody. Say thank you to Beth. She talked about I'm invested. And then today I get to conclude our series called titled I'm Invaluable. And this series is built around the idea that everyone is designed and longs to belong and everyone wants to make a difference in life. So this series is an invitation to you to dive deep roots of belonging into the body of Christ, the local church. So if you're in, say I'm in. All right, so let's talk on this subject today. I'm invaluable. The word invaluable literally means priceless and indispensable and irreplaceable. And that's, now it's a powerful word, but it's not, let's be honest, it's not how most of us feel in the room most of the time. You don't, you don't feel like you are invaluable and it's because we battle the lies of the enemy that it just wouldn't matter that much if I played my part or if I was here. So I can't pray like them, I can't sing like them, I can't teach like them, I can't do whatever like them. That's okay, you're not called to be them. You're called to be you. So tell your neighbor, be the best you you can be. Come on, be the best you. God created you to be you. All right, now we all know that an elephant is called an elephant, right? We all know an elephant is called an elephant, but but a group of elephants, I wanna wanna find out how, how smart we are in the animal kingdom today as I get started. A group of elephants is called what? Anybody know? It's a herd of elephants. How about, how about a group of lions? Anyone know what a group of lions is? You guys are the smartest church I know. That's right. How about a group of cheetahs? Cheetos. No, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a coalition. It's a coalition. How about a group of donkeys? Careful. Careful. <laughs> it's a pace. How about a group of crows? I didn't know that. You all knew that. Do not hang out with the crows. They are, the group is called a murder. How about a group of vultures? It's a committee. <laughs> Doesn't that seem appropriate? <laughs> So we got, individually, we know what they're called. They're called individually an elephant or a lion or a cheetah, but together, they're called something different. And individually, you're called a Christian, but together, we're gonna find out what we're called. We're called something different together. So individually, yeah, you're a Christ follower. You're a disciple, and and you're, you're, you're a Christian, but what are we together? Let's look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For as the body, say the body, Okay, as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, 
Because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, <laughs> it would look like a Martian. It where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. So individually, we're, a group of Christians is this, it's a church, it's the body of Christ. So I'm gonna talk, on this thought today, why you are invaluable, why you are invaluable, and then how I can live that way. And so I wanna talk about that. I'm invaluable because, and first is this, I'm a part of the body of Christ. Very simply, I'm invaluable, not because of who I am, but because of who I am a part of. I'm invaluable, you're invaluable because you're a part of the body of Christ. So. Just think about this for a moment with me, if you will. I got, I got four bolts up here. I got four bolts. And you think, well, how valuable are those? And you're thinking in terms of Home Depot value. And they're not really that valuable to you. Until I tell you, these four bolts came out of one of your chairs. <laughs> now, because of what they are a part of, they just got value. Right, you're, now all of you are checking your chair. It's, I was joking with you, obviously. So it's because of whatever you're a part of, that's what actually gives you your value. So I'm, I'm invaluable. You are invaluable because you are a part of the body of Christ. You are a part of his church. You know, in the Old Testament, there was this prophet by the name of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel had this vision of a valley. And it was just full of dry bones. And the Lord asked him a question. He said, can these bones live? And Ezekiel was smart. He said, God, you know the answer to that question. Anytime God answer, asks you a question, no, he already knows the answer. So it's like, God, you know. And he's like, only Lord, only you know. And he goes, they can. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to prophesy. I want you to speak the word of God over them. Bones come together and here's what happened all these dead individual parts began to assemble. And they all came back together and it said they became a great army. In fact, it said an exceedingly great army. Individual, it was, you know, a femur bone. Individual, it was, it was just skeletal pieces. But together, it was an exceedingly great army army. Individual, you're a Christ follower, powerful, but together we're the army of God. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. And how much do we need that in today's culture with all of the onslaught of lies and, and, and assault against all things that are holy and against all things that are biblical? I'm here to tell you, God doesn't need a bunch of individual dead parts hanging out by themselves. He needs a call to go out, to assemble and come together because we are invaluable because of what we are a part of. I'm invaluable because I'm a part of the body of Christ. And I'm invaluable because look at what this says in Genesis. God said, let us make man in our image. Isn't that cool? God tells us right here, he's, he's plural, he's Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's, there's, 
there's the Trinity, God. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. I'm invaluable, you're invaluable because I'm made in the image of God. Now, I think the earth is amazing. I think the cosmos is great and I think animals taste good. But Jesus, Jesus didn't die for the cosmos. He didn't die for the earth and he didn't die for the animals. He died for you. He died for his church. He died for his bride. He came after you. And I'm here to tell you that the value that is placed on you is simply because of the price tag that was given on your behalf. There is no greater price tag than the son of God giving his life for your life. That, my friends, gives you value. So I'm valuable, I'm invaluable because I'm made in the image of God and he died for me. Come on, tell somebody next to you, you're invaluable. Will you tell them? You are invaluable. Now I wanna camp on these next couple of thoughts. It's, it's really the essence of what I came to share today and, 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 how I, and I'll, I'll show, tell you how I want you to respond to it. But I'm invaluable and you're invaluable because you're a part of the body of Christ. You're made in the image of God, but ultimately also because I have a part to play. I have a part to play. God has a plan for your life. Before you were born, he had a purpose for you. He had a plan for you. In his grand scheme of life, in his grand scheme of things, he's like, I know why I'm creating you. Now the lies of hell make us think, well, I was just an accident. I was a surprise. You were not a surprise to God. So what Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he goes, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. I love that. Long before. He's like, I had my eyes on you. He had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and every one. I like Mark Twain's statement, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. So I wanna say this today to help clear the air. Because some people think, well, pastor, of course, I see your purpose. And you look at other people and you go, you have a purpose. Let me just be clear, we all have the same purpose. I love the Westminster Shorter Catechism from the 1600s. And I love that it said the chief end of man is this, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So that is the, that's the chief purpose of man. Now listen, I agree with it. How many of you know there's, there, the smartest people who've ever lived aren't necessarily just in our generation? You gotta read dead people every now and then because their words go on. The chief end of man. So the purpose of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That is my purpose. Guess what? That's your purpose is to glorify God So in whatever he calls you to do, whatever you do in life, glorify God and just enjoy him forever. Enjoy your relationship with him all the days of your life. So we all, let's just be clear, all of our purposes is the same. We have unique assignments. I just have a, I've had different assignments throughout my life. I've had dig and ditch assignments. I'm here to tell you, if you ever work for a plumber, you always will dig ditches for years. 
I've had digging ditch assignments. I've had wheat truck driving assignments. I've had pea combine assignments. I've had working in the, the sporting goods section of Kmart assignments. I've had maintenance crew in St. Mary's assignment changing light bulbs so that people could, that were really important could do their job, not in the dark. I've had all kinds of different assignments throughout my life. And right now I have an assignment to pastor this church. But someday that assignment will change and I'll cheer on the next generation of leadership. But my purpose will remain the same. And that is to glorify God with everything I do and to enjoy him forever. So no matter what my assignment is, it's my job to believe I have a part to play. I had a part to play when I was working in the sporting goods section of Kmart. I had a part to play when I was changing light bulbs in St. Mary's. I had a part to play when I was driving a wheat combine and helping out farmers. I had a part to play in every assignment because in every assignment, I have a purpose. And in every assignment, I'm here to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And I'm here to tell you whatever your assignment might be right now, as a parent, as a single person, as, 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 as working at that job or looking for a job, being young, being old, whatever it is, glorify God. Glorify God and enjoy him forever. And I'm here to tell you, you have a part to play. Everyone has a part to play. It's like, it's in Christ we find out who we are. For, so it says this in Ephesians 2, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I'm always gonna have all kinds of assignments, all kinds of good works. As God's workmanship, he has given each of us a unique design. We have different personalities in the room. We have different experiences of life in the room, different natural talents, talents. and we have all kinds of temperaments and, and, and leadership styles. We got all of that, but it makes up the unique design that God made you to be for the perfect assignments for whatever he places you in. Now, one of the greatest treasures this church, and I believe the body of Christ, can give to the people of God is to help them discover purpose. And I think where we fall off the map on this is we begin to get confused about purpose and we think that my purpose is different than your purpose and here's the deal. All of our purpose is the same. I've said it again, I wanna hammer it again. Because we, we compare, it's actual assignments that you're comparing, not purpose. Okay, you're comparing assignments. But the purpose, what is it? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That is the purpose of God in your life. So wherever, whether you're a student right now, glorify God. Glorify God, that means you're not gonna cheat. <laughs> Even though I did every now and then. But my wife was the grade setter. She was the one who was like, didn't cheat and all of us didn't like her. But we like her now, she's a nice lady. but I had to cheat to try to keep up with her. I just kidding, okay. So one of the greatest treasures that the church can give you is to help awaken your soul to purpose. And here's the deal. I think one of the greatest reasons that people don't believe that I'm invaluable is because they honestly don't believe that, that there is a great assignment or a part for them to play and they begin to live for lesser things. Now, you might be called to, to build a great business. Now, glorify God with it. 
and enjoy him forever and connect it, connect that assignment to God's purpose. I believe we do that through getting involved, take our discover experience, get planted as deep as you possibly can into the local church. All right, so I'm invaluable because of all these reasons. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's room. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the the nations. Listen, God has an appointment. He has assignments for everyone. And I feel like there's a lot of us that we live life like there's no appointment. Now I realize there's appointments you don't wanna keep. Root canal, forgot about it. You know, it's SATs this week, (laughs) skipping, (coughs) don't feel good. I get it. I realize there's appointments that you don't wanna show up for, but life is not one of them. The purpose of God is not one of them. The part for you to play is not one of them because there's an exceedingly great army out there that God is prophesying to through this message right now and saying, come on, come on, femur bone. Come on, little pinky. Come on, get together because together you're gonna be an extremely significant, exceedingly great army. I cry out to God, most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. Oh God, fulfill it for me, fulfill it. Why do we cry out? Because there's always warfare against us living on purpose and living in that unique assignment and not not despising the day of small beginnings in our life and not despising those moments. So whatever you're called to do, I'm here to tell you whether right now you're just changing diapers, do it for the glory of God. Whatever it is, know that I'm gonna glorify God and I'm gonna somehow enjoy him through that little, this little stage right now. I know that when it comes to living on purpose and, and, and believing that I have a part to play, we all meet this little enemy called discouragement, the lies of hell that try to tell us that you don't matter. And it's only because the enemy is intimidated by the army. He's intimidated by the army. I'm telling you what, when the, when the church is mobilized and she's together, there is no greater force on the planet. So here's what I wanna tell you to do. Be faithful with the assignment that God has placed you in right now. Be faithful with it. Love those little rascals. Train them up to know Jesus. So they'll train up your grandchildren to know and to glorify God with whatever assignment he gives them so that the kingdom of God will extend across the globe until Jesus returns. Can I hear an amen today? All right. So everyone matters. Everyone has a part to play. I, I'm, a part, I'm invaluable because I'm a part of the body of Christ. I'm made in the image of God. I have a part to play, but I'm also invaluable because my part matters. And sometimes we don't feel like our part matters. Let's just be honest. You know, there's parts of the body that I never think of until I stub them. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, I never think about that little toe over there until at two o'clock in the morning. And then I'm thinking about it for the next two weeks. I'm thinking, wow, you're important. You're a big deal. Did you know that almost up to 50% of your hand strength comes from your little pinky? I don't even know how to pronounce this thing that dangles on the back of your throat. What is your uvala? (laughs) That little guy back there secretes enough saliva to fill two swimming pools in your lifetime. I know, important stuff for you to learn at church. You never think of him until maybe he was removed. And you go, man, I got dry mouth constantly. Sometimes you feel like you're invisible and you feel like your part doesn't matter. And it's, I'm just here to tell you, it's just the lies of hell. It's insecurity on the inside of us, but every part 
matters. And you have to recognize, oh, look at this. This is what Paul says. Again, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body, because I'm not a hand, it doesn't make it any less. It doesn't make it any less. Doesn't make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not a part of the body, because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? The whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you see anything? So Paul contrasts an ear and an eye in this story. I never see people come up in this scripture. I never see them, people come up, man, you have beautiful ears. They're like, they usually come up and you got beautiful eyes, right? It's, it's, it, it, we, we pay attention, obviously, with our eyes, and no one ever stares lovingly into your ears. If they do, you probably want to break up with them. Never have ear-to-ear conversation. <laughs> you ever seen the movie for your ears only? <laughs> no. Beauty is in the ear of the beholder. No, it's, it's, ah, stop. Um, no, I won't. You're the apple of my ear. <laughs> no, all right. That's enough. With every part matters. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. All of you together are Christ's body. and Each of you is a part of it. Now, these are the parts that we see we see our hands, we see our feet, and we all know that the most important parts are what we don't see. So there's, there's parts of us that are hidden. And I, I've always thought that when we get to heaven, there's gonna be parts of the body that were never seen that will really be recognized and honored in heaven, and we will all go, you actually played the most significant part. Your prayers changed the world. Parts that are never seen. You have to recognize your influence before you'll exercise your influence. So you have to begin to recognize that my part matters. If I'm gonna live a life that is, I'm invaluable because I'm a part of the body of Christ and I'm made in the image of God and I have a part to play and whatever part that is, even though no one else sees it, God does, it matters. It's invaluable. So here's what I wanna leave us with. How do I do it? How do I live a life where I actually live like I'm invaluable? That's my whole goal for this message today. And so let's talk about it. I'm gonna give you three Bs. I'll give them all to you right now. Bury it, believe it, and bring it. Bury it, what do I mean? Bury every lie of hell that has intimidated you to believe that your part doesn't matter. Even as I speak this message, right now, it's like Ezekiel. It's not like Ezekiel. I'm not trying to compare myself to a prophet in the Old Testament. He's prophesying to bones to come together and become a great army. And I could just imagine that the devil would try to show up on that scene and tell some, some smaller parts of those skeletal structures and say, you don't matter. You stay put. You stay dry. You stay dead. You stay right here. And they try not to shake, rattle, and roll and come back together through the lies of the enemy. And even as I speak, 
I know that the enemy would love to try to disrupt what I'm saying or to try to come and combat whatever I'm saying today through God's word to help, to, to try to make you not believe that you really are a part that significantly matters. So here's some of the lies that comes. The enemy will go, well, what about your past? Bury it. What about, what about my failed marriage? Well, we're gonna bury that. How, well, I could never be used by God in a, in a, in a, in a life group with that kind of, I've, I've been addicted to drugs. Well, you know what? Maybe your story is gonna give hope to somebody else that God can change their life as well. So, well, I was bankrupt or whatever it might be. You know, I can't, I'm not, I, I don't know enough. Well, do you know Jesus yet? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I know Jesus, yeah. All right, are you part of a church? Yeah, yeah, I'm a part of the church. Yeah. Great, you know enough to get started. I look back at my journey as a pastor and I feel bad for the people who were here 26 years ago. And I go, they were so gracious. And, and I just, I'm just giving it all I had. I'm preaching everything I knew. And sometimes with bad attitudes, and the church is just so gracious and so beautiful. But I didn't, and, and I know that in another, whatever, 20 years or whatever, I'll look back on today and go, oh, dear God, the church was so gracious, so precious, right? Because he just uses broken people. He, he just, he uses us. And so just so you know, I'm not perfect. Hope that doesn't make you leave the church. It's welcome to church. Welcome to church. Y'all have a past. We all have a past. Let's bury it. There's lies of hell that thinks, how could you ever be a good parent? How could you ever be a good dad? You didn't have a father. Your father abused you. And I'm here to tell you, it's that exact thing that you gave to God that is gonna make you the best dad that anybody in your family has ever known. Tell your neighbor, bury it. Bury it, okay, bury it. All right, now then, believe it. I'm just going to believe it. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said, it's the weakest parts that seem the most insignificant that are likely the most important. Believe it. I want to believe it. Believe it. Building that coffee shop business for the glory of God. It matters. Showing up to the manufacturing company online. Having those conversations for the glory of God in boardrooms. For the glory of God, it matters. When people see that you don't act the same way that other people act in similar circumstances, you don't join in with the same gossip, it matters. You bring glory to God. Believe it. You matter. And then this is where the hang-up comes. Here and here. That's it. That and that. When you believe it, you'll bring it. You'll start stepping up to the table and, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll start inviting people. You'll start, you'll start praying for people. 
You'll start being who you are called to be and God will lift your head. Church, you're the light of the world. There ain't no other solution to the earth's problems. We're it. You're invaluable. It ain't gonna be government. Some of you were called to it. You're invaluable. Oh, I need to say this as well. Not only one of the greatest things the church can give you is to awaken you to purpose, but the other thing is to bring value to you in your assignment. Oh, I hope this sinks in. Because too often in church, we, what we see as valuable is the preacher, the singer, maybe the prayer team, a couple other roles in the church. We go, well, those are valuable. There's value to you building that business if you will do it for the glory of God. Listen, who's going to give the first million dollar check to the church if you don't? Who's, who's going to invite your neighbor if you don't? Who's going to love on those kids if you don't? Who's going to love your spouse if you don't? Who's going to pray for your teacher if you don't? You got to bring it. But you'll only bring it if you believe it. Somehow we believe that the bench is deep. And they're all just, God will just make up. He'll just bring somebody else. There ain't nobody else going to be a dad to those kids. When you're called to be a dad to those kids. Bring it. You got to believe it. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given, the assignment you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. Here's what I'm telling you. Your story matters. Your voice matters. Your words matter. Your gifts matter. Your generosity matters. Your encouragement matters. Your prayers matter. Your gift of who God made you to be makes a difference. You know, I want to tell you a story. The, uh, maybe the greatest home run hitter of all time, Babe Ruth. 100 years ago, he uh, signed a lot of baseballs in his career, but he only signed seven bats. No, this is not one of those seven. <laughs> I wish it was. Because he autographed so few, each of those bats is exceptionally valuable. The first of the bats vanished into thin air 
lost for literally decades until it resurfaced in 2006. The bat was used to hit a home run in the Yankee Stadium against the Boston Red Sox on April 18th, 1923. So 100 years ago this month. And it was given away by Babe Ruth's agent as a prize in a home run contest. And it just, they didn't have any contact information for the winner. And so they lost the bat. They didn't know where it went. And the owner of the bat kept it until he had outlived all of his family members. And in 1988, he was on his deathbed, deathbed and the only one that was really close to him anymore was the nurse that had taken care of him for the last couple of years of his life. And so he gave her the Babe Ruth bat. And she didn't actually really know what it was. She thought it was just sentimental and that was nice. So she put it under her bed for 18 years until she retired from nursing when she thought, I'd love to start a restaurant business. It's always been my dream. And so she wondered, I wonder if that bat's worth anything. And so she took it to a sports memorabilia place and they checked it out and wondered, is this the missing bat? Called in other professionals and found out it's the real thing. She auctioned it off. It was worth $1.3 million. She started her restaurant business, but it didn't take that much. And so she gave the rest of the money away to a children's society of which Babe Ruth had wanted to help. So when she was asked by a reporter, why did you give so much money away? She said, the bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it. Since he made it valuable, the only reasonable thing I could do was something that would honor his life. You and I, are valuable simply because the name of Jesus is written on your life. And the only reasonable thing that we can do is to give our lives in such a way that would honor his life. It's the only reasonable thing for me to do. The Bible says that I have been bought with a price. I'm no longer my own. So I came to awaken some people in the body of Christ and I pray today that this message, you feel a rattling and a stirring and saying, I cannot live my life for lesser things. I need to allow my life to assemble with the body of Christ. I need to bury every lie of hell that tries to keep me from believing that my life matters and I need to believe it and then I just need to step up to the plate and I need to bring it if you're called to make money do it for the glory of God connect to our legacy team and watch the anointing and the power of God come on your life in a greater measure 
because you're not doing it for lesser things. You're doing it for the one who gave his life for you. That's it. Let's stand up together. So let me ask a question. Because here's the, here's the pondering. What do I do? What do I do? Take a step. What's your next step? Are you in? Are you in? Are you? Are you in? Are you a part of the body of Christ? I don't mean like John was for four years on the video, showing up, first one out, peace. Are you in? Take the journey with us. We're all figuring it out together. Take Discover. And if you've taken Discover and not joined the dream team, take Discover again. Join the dream team. Find a place to serve. Join the legacy team. They're somewhere in the body of Christ. Bring it. Not just here, but out there too. Bring it. Bring it to the world where he has placed you. Bring it. But somebody's next step might be this. Am I even a part of the body of Christ? There's one way to become a part of the body of Christ. Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Be my Savior. I believe in you. And he goes, you're a part of me now. That simply and profoundly. I want to pray for us. Bow your heads. Let's pray together. If you're in this room and you are unsure if you're a part of the body of Christ, you're pretty sure you're not, this is your chance. And we're going to rejoice with you after I pray. Father, I pray for everyone right now and they're agreeing in their heart that says, Jesus, I'm not sure if I'm a part of you, but I don't want to stay away from you anymore. I admit to you I'm a sinner and I admit that I need you. Will you come into my heart? Will you come into my life? Forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. Be my savior. Be my Lord. I want to be what the Bible says is born again. I pray this in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. Amen. Now, before you rejoice, here's, here's what we're going to do. We want to, we want to celebrate with you. If you just prayed that prayer with me, say, Bob, I just prayed that prayer. We just put your hand up and we're just going to celebrate right where you are. Okay. Put your hand up in the air all across the room that you just prayed this prayer. See you back here. Come on church. Put your hand. See you back here. See you over here. See you over here. Come on. Really rejoice. Just like heaven. Come on. He's a good God. We hope that today's message encouraged you. At Life Church, we believe that wherever you are in your relationship with God, there's always a next step to take, and we're here to help you find yours. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, or you're simply looking to get more involved in this community, we invite you to check out our Next Steps page. You'll find all the information you need by clicking the link in the description. If this message impacted you in any way, we encourage you to do two things. First, share this video with a friend. It's a wonderful way to share the love of Jesus with someone that you care about. Second, we'd love to hear your story. Click the link in the description to share your testimony with us so we can celebrate all God is doing in your life. We're excited to be on this journey of following Jesus with you and hope you have a great week.